0: Are you waiting on me? (laughs) (laughs) We're off to a rousing start. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Armchair Agents. Hello. We're
1: so glad you're here with us.
0: We are. We're excited for our very first episode
1: we are two friends who have loved talking about true crime since before podcasts actually existed we're about as opposite as they come but we think that makes for some fun discussion we've literally loved talking about true crime for what 18 years
0: almost two decades is that now how long
1: it's been since we were sitting in the school lunchroom we have admitted that we are armchair detectives i know people don't like to be classified as that but we tend to tell it like it is we fully acknowledge that we are certified in nothing Other than loving research and loving to solve puzzles, which is kind of how we look at these cases, as puzzles waiting to be solved. So if that sounds like you too, why don't you come sit with us? And why are we the
0: armchair agents?
1: Um, When we were in high school, we gave each other nicknames. So I'm Agent Earn, here with Agent Skurd, who will be telling us about her favorite case to research, the Bryce Lepicia case, or Lepicia, or... How else have you heard it said? Lespesia?
0: We're not sure. I mean, I've heard it so many ways. Lespisa. We're doing our best, guys. <laughs> I'm just a creeper on the internet. Well, <laughs> let, me, let me dive into the story. So I'm more of a fan of missing person stories because the fact that people can just be never heard from again is much more terrifying to me than, say, a traditional murder when you know a bad person did a bad thing and there's a bad outcome. I would definitely say that this is missing person story that has struck with me the most over the years. It starts off innocent enough, but then the circumstances just get weirder and weirder. And truly, I have flip-flopped on what I think happened, I have flip-flopped on the family, I have gone back and forth with this one. I mean, maybe by the time I get to the end of my notes, I'll have a different theory of what I think happened than I do right now at the top
1: so who who is Bryce
0: so Bryce was a college sophomore at the time that he disappeared he grew up in Naperville Illinois which for you non Midwestern folk is just a suburb of Chicago and then his family moved to Laguna Niguel California um, I believe after his senior year he had bright red hair he had bold blue eyes and he had a huge smile And truly, I just just think he's pretty adorable. (laughs) Friends and family say that he was always smiling, he was super optimistic, and really everyone just enjoyed being around him. After he graduated, he spent a summer with his parents, Karen and Mike, and then he went off to Sierra College in Rockland, California, which is about seven hours from his parents' house in Laguna Niguel. He completed a year here working towards his degree in industrial and graphic design without any incidents at all. In fact, he had a great time. He made a ton of new friends and he really enjoyed it. They showed like some of the drawings that he did and they were really cool. They were super abstract. They were the kind of art that I just can't do myself because I can't draw abstract stuff out of nothing. So whenever I see that, I like, I really admire it. I think it's a cool talent. Bryce went missing on August 30th, 2013, when he was driving from his girlfriend's apartment in Chico, California, to his parents' house in Laguna Niguel, which is about an eight or an eight and a half hour drive. However, I can't tell you with any certainty that that's truly what he was trying to right. do. He, he left for his parents' house. He kind of went in that direction. And he never got there.
1: Right. And things like two weeks leading up to that, things were getting strange in Bryce's life. Yeah,
0: and especially the last couple days, Uh, it really went downhill. So I started my timeline on Tuesday, August 27th of 2013, which is three days before he went missing, which really seems like when he started to be acting very oddly. So, yes, that, that Tuesday, August 27th, was the first report of his personality changing. His roommate, Sean, thought that he was acting really strange, and his girlfriend Kim also thought he was acting weird and she actually called him out over that via text message. He told Kim at the time that he did admit to taking some Five Ants, which is an ADHD medication. Though the weirder part too was that he was kind of implying that he wanted to break up with Kim and he said things to her like that she'd be, quote, better off without him. So after a whole day of acting weird, his roommate John actually called his mom out of concern for Bryce. And he he did fess up to the mom that Bryce had taken the Vivance. He said that he and a friend, or that Bryce and a friend, wanted to, quote, stay up all night playing video games. And that's why he took the Vivance. However, we learn later, Sean tells the police, that in addition to taking the Vivants, he was also drinking heavily on top of it. Some sources say that Bryce was going through a bottle of liquor a weekend. Some sources say two bottles. Which like maybe doesn't seem outlandish for college, but for one person who is taking Vyvanse medication that they're not prescribed,
1: right? And who knows how much of that he's actually taking,
0: and yeah, very good point. How much of it he's
1: taking? Because it sounds like he just started using at this point. It really
0: does. He had just arrived to that college for his sophomore year two weeks prior to this. And he'd actually only had two days of college under his belt. And his mother had talked to him that Monday the day before. He seemed fine. He loved his classes. He said it went well. He like sent her a selfie where he like looked really happy. That's so, cute. so she was like, "Great, I know. So he's like, I'm great. He's off to a good start. So at this point... Karen was not concerned. She she talked to Sean on the phone. She talked to Bryce on the phone. She said, "Like, oh, you know, he he seems fine." And we'll we'll learn that this will be a trend of of Karen talking to Bryce on the phone and, and saying that he seems fine.
1: right. If you think about it, how bad does the situation have to be for a guy to call his friend's mom and I, tell her that like, really sticks with me trouble. too, or whatever he said. He's acting strange. Things aren't normal. And so like, how bad would it have to be to get to that point? Because he didn't even, to my knowledge, know Bryce's mom. Like they didn't grow up together. Bryce is kind of a transplant to California. So it's not like these Mm -hmm. two grew up together and his friend or roommate knew his mom his whole life. And was calling to tell her what was going on it was like literally your college roommate's mom yeah
0: i just i can't imagine and we'll say you know maybe devil's advocate he knew sean the year before maybe they had been friends last year but still that's one year of friendship to have your mom's phone number like yeah i commend that he reached out to her i do
1: too i think it's great i just think it's (laughs) it points to how crazy things must have really been for him to reach out Mm -hmm. to his friends
0: and it does sound like there was some reasons for concern, as Sean does say that Bryce was trying to give away his possessions to Sean, some of his prized possessions, such as his Xbox and some diamond earrings of his mom's that she had given to Bryce. And we know he loved his Xbox because that's why he started taking five <laughs> ants in
1: the first place.
0: Allegedly, but so true. And truly, you know, I love video games. I I left my Switch at, at my boyfriend's house a couple weeks ago when I knew he was going to be out of town for a few days. And I got home and I cried. <laughs> and then after I was done crying, I went back to get it because I was not going to live without my Switch for just the three days until I was going to be there again. So I can't imagine ever giving that to someone it's hard for me to like hand it to people that i love and care about (laughs) even temporarily right and i think that's how he
1: was too he was making posts on facebook about like i got this new video game and he was so excited about things um with his xbox and we do know that that like giving away of prized possessions is just such a sign that something is not right and that you should probably check on that person because it's just so often an indicator of something in their mind not clicking or something that they might be planning to do something harmful to themselves.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's something you can, if you, tell, you suddenly use value in things that really mean a lot to you, like those diamond earrings or that Xbox. Right.
1: Or you wanna be left with a legacy.
0: Like you wanna be left with a legacy Ooh. of being kind
1: or you like, you want your memory to be preserved. And so you give oh, your favorite so things to
0: people to hold on to and remember you. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even think of it that way, but you're totally right. So so what I imagine happening on this Tuesday is that maybe the roommate Sean either o- overheard his conversation with Kim or Bryce had told him, like, I, I can't do this anymore. I got to break up with her. And... According to everyone who ever spoke about their relationship, according to Kim herself, like they got along really well. They had just made their relationship Facebook official, which several people pointed out, and I thought was adorable because I'm sure in twenty thirteen like that was that a, big, was a big, thing. big deal yeah it might still be a big deal today i don't know, I don't have Facebook. <laughs> but they did seem very happy together and so i wonder if sean like heard what was going on there and then bryce started to try to give away his stuff and sean was like okay dude i'm gonna call your mom like yeah. <laughs> something is off, and i don't know what to do so really great action on roommate's part let's move to the next day we're, we're at wednesday august 28th bryce goes to his girlfriend kim's house um I don't know if that's really to talk to to continue to break up with her to get his stuff back you know i've I've heard all versions of those stories. Uh, Kim lives in Chico, California. She's going to the University of California, Chico, which is about 90 minutes away from Bryce in Rockland at Sierra College. So he goes to Kim's house and she is, again, saying that he's acting really weird. She's concerned about his behavior. She thinks that he should not drive. So she actually takes his keys away from him. And then she too calls Bryce's mom. Yeah, that's so crazy. Again, like, that's crazy. I don't think they had met yeah they just became facebook official yeah so how weirdly would you have to be acting for these newer people in your life to call your mom yeah, it'd have to and be you're crazy. in college like you don't i don't maybe he did want to call his mom but usually for most 19 year olds going away to college the first time is like you're separating yourself from your parents you don't want to rely on him and here two people that cared about bryce I cared about him enough to, to reach out to his moms. So Bryce talks to both of his parents on the phone, and they're both like, yeah, he, he sounded fine. You know, they asked him, are you upset? Are you okay to drive? They said he sounded completely coherent. Um, later it comes out that he told his parents that Kim just didn't want him to leave because he had broken up with her. So it kind of sounds like that's maybe a story that he was spinning to right. get his keys back right.
1: his behavior kind of starts to sound manipulative like he's trying it, it to does. get what he wants in the situation
0: and what he wants is his keys, he wants his keys. and, he and wants to, to get out bad. of there yeah <laughs> absolutely and at this point too we gotta wonder what he was planning when he really wanted to get out there so badly because here's where his many hours of driving begins or not drive <laughs> sitting parking lot <laughs> sitting You know, when talking to Bryce on the phone, his mom did actually offer to fly out there the next day. She's like, Bryce, if there's anything I can help you with, you know, I'll be there tomorrow. We can, we can work it out together. And he says not to book a flight until he talks to her and that he, quote, had a lot to talk to her about.
1: Right. And again, to me, that sounds like he's just saying whatever he needs to say to get his way in the situation.
0: And I don't know, too. Like, to me, I'm like, oh, he just wants to get his mom off of his case. But wouldn't that phrase kind of do the opposite? Even if you called me and said, I don't do this until I talk to you, I have a lot to talk to you about. Like, I wouldn't be able to think about anything else until I knew what you wanted to talk to me about. Right.
1: But was he thinking about long term or was he just in the moment trying to get his keys back?
0: Good question. Or to get his mom to... Give him maybe some time. that would be a good tactic to buy time that's true so around 11:30 p.m. he does get his keys back from Kim and he uh he leaves and he says that he's going home and again it's probably about 90 minutes away so that night he he gets in his car and he hits the road Thursday August 29th Karen misses a call from him around 1 a.m. but she figured it was just him calling to let her know he was home safely because I mean that's about how long that it would take to to get home When they look at his phone records later, though, he wasn't home when he made that call. He was kind of in the middle of nowhere. He was still about an hour from his apartment. He actually hadn't driven in the direction of his apartment. It kind of seems like he just started... I mean, to get to his apartment from Chico, he would have had to go south and then cut over east a little bit to get to Rockland. And from the way that they describe it, it sounds like he just kind of went straight south. And he never, he never even like turned towards his house. He never exited the five to even try to get to Rockland. But here too, like you said, it kind of does seem like he's manipulating them a little bit because he, he waits that hour and a half. He waits that 90 minutes to when they think he should be home and then he calls Maybe hoping she wouldn't answer because she's asleep. That morning, after Karen misses the phone call from him, uh, it's about around 11 a.m., his parents actually get an alert from their car insurance saying that a car on their plan had requested roadside assistance, which was the 2003 Toyota Highlander that Bryce was driving. At this point, I assume they call him and he doesn't answer because Karen calls his roommate Sean again and is like, what's up? I got an alert on the car. Like, what is, what is he doing? And Sean says that Bryce never came home last night. I can't imagine. I don't want to imagine. (laughs) And at this point, too, like, Karen and Mike, they they hop into action. Yeah, I think I looked that up.
1: I was doing a little bit of digging, and they had a shared account. And they also had a shared phone account, which made uh-huh. things a little easier later, too. That's
0: how they got all mm. those phone records. That's smart. I'm going to remember that if I'm ever a parent. <laughs> <laughs> so they log into his credit card account, and they see a charge on there from Castro Tire Services in Buttonwillow, California. Now, this is only about five and a half hours from Chico, but he left that apartment around 12 hours ago now. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe he slept for a while. Right. Who who really knows what he was doing. Um, But all we know at this point is that he got about five and a half hours south in those 12 hours. Karen calls the tire place listed on the credit card. And she talks to who turns out to be my favorite person of this whole story. Christian, the employee of the tire store, who says, Oh, yeah, I brought gas to that guy at like nine o'clock in the morning. Now, some sources say that maybe he called at 9 and they actually delivered the gas at around 11. i'm not really sure i couldn't hammer down those details however it's very clear that christian is super awesome and helpful because he volunteers to go back and see if bryce is still there
1: and there are actually people on the internet
0: who think that christian had something to do with
1: bryce's disappearance that there was foul play Mm. And I just have to say, like, I didn't see that he involves himself too much in the situation for him to be involved in like harming Bryce in any way. And there's also like, just continue to listen to this story as it builds, because Christian is kind of speckled in and out, but he speckled in and out with other people where Bryce was interacting with other people as well. So Christian couldn't really have had any ill intentions because there was so much other things like there was so much time in between his time with bryce and so many other people that bryce could have reached out to and said something's going wrong with this yeah he guy. kind of pops
0: in and out throughout the whole time like we all want somebody like christian to be i really neighbor. do yeah i hope that i have a christian on my street somewhere so uh, the hero christian goes to see if bryce is still there and he is still there it's been maybe three hours at this point But he's still sitting in the same place that he was in Buttonwillow, which appears to be on, like, the south side of the highway rest stop. So he kind of, like, just pulled off the five in Buttonwillow and sat in the rest stop. Christian brought him three gallons of gas, so probably he was very low on gas. However, the Buttonwillow rest stop is less than a mile from, like, three gas stations in Buttonwillow, so perhaps he, he just ran out at this point and was in the rest stop. Which kind of leads me to think
1: if things weren't going right yeah at this
0: point it already isn't going well if you're gonna run out of gas on the side of the highway Mm -hmm. so christian calls karen uh she actually talks to bryce and she asks him what he's doing and bryce says nothing which is completely accurate he's done nothing he's done absolutely nothing the whole time he's sitting (laughs) in the same spot and karen is like all right well you're three hours from home so why don't you just come here and he says okay it's about noon now so Karen waits until 3:30 p.m to call him so you know a little driving time plus extra food and a gas station stop and he's not there yet so she calls him and he doesn't answer and I
1: thought it was the sweetest and saddest thing that they thought he was stuck in traffic and that that's why he wasn't home yeah it was sweet because like it just shows that they looked at him with just like the utmost purity
0: Oh yeah, you can see the hard eyes. You can tell they really trusted him. And I actually found out um, just in my digging last night, my last minute research that I was doing, I read an article where Karen had said that this was actually his first drive home from college. He had never made this trip himself your face right now oh (laughs) that's exactly the face i made when i read it oh man so i bet they were pretty nervous but like they really trusted him they gave him the full (laughs) three hours and more before they even called him again and like i really i really respect that i think that's some a-plus parenting from those guys right there 6 p.m though they're worried and rightfully so. so they call the police and they report him missing And in a wild turn of events for a lot of missing person stories that we hear, the police make a report right away, even though he's been missing for three hours. Right.
1: Immediately. No questions asked. It's
0: like, oh, you got to wait 48 hours.
1: He's over age. That's okay.
0: Oh, adults have the right (laughs) to go missing. (sighs) That phrase makes me so angry.
1: Part of me does put that back to the size of Buttonwillow too. I mean, they didn't have a whole lot else going on in that town
0: did read I think who took the report and it was like Santa Clarita County because what actually happens next is that the police they request an emergency ping from AT&T and that shows that he is still in Buttonwillow it's been 9 hours and he has gone 8 miles he appears to have gone to get gas he left the rest stop he went to get gas and he's somewhere on the main drag of Buttonwillow which is very small it's a very tiny town so he so I guess maybe the rest stop was eight miles away instead of one as I previously stated perhaps (laughs) why he couldn't get there if he ran out of gas but it's been nine hours and that's all he's done
1: right to the best of our knowledge
0: (laughs) yeah that's true I mean he's been doing something for nine hours and we just don't know what so the police go and find him and he's just sitting in the car when they ask him what he's doing, he responds, "Just blowing off some steam,
1: which the officers like fully like take. in. they're like, "Great, grand, wonderful, like they don't question that at all, which I'm like, blowing off steam. that's such a strange response to me to I would want to know more like, absolutely what are you blowing yeah. off steam? I mean, I guess it the police don't care, but like they might not care, we care, but we care that's why we're doing this, yeah,
0: <laughs> we're very interested that's that's all this research, so the police give him a sobriety test which he does pass and they search the car and they say that they found no drugs or alcohol the officer that was interviewed said that they
1: took a brief look through the car so it wasn't a brief like, look <laughs> it wasn't like they did i don't i wouldn't say they did a thorough search because in their interview they said a brief look through the car
0: that is a very interesting way to phrase it and Kind of surprising, I mean. But again, they're not invested in this. They were tasked to find a man sitting in his car, and and they and did, did just that. They confirmed that he was sober enough appearing to drive, so that's fine. They also do tell Bryce at this point that he was reported as a missing person, and they comment that he, that he was pretty hesitant to reach out to his parents, which... I mean, makes sense if you just found out they had reported you as a missing person. Perhaps you are just blowing off some steam in a parking lot in a tiny little one truck stop town. You just don't want to be bothered. It would be, that would be like an embarrassing, awkward situation. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. If my mother reported me as a missing person as a teen, and truly I'm kind of surprised she didn't for all the stunts that I pulled as a teen. I would not want to go home either. So I, I could totally understand where he's coming from here, but you know, the cops kind of persist and they're like, you should, you should really reach out to your mom. She's pretty concerned. So they do reach out to Karen, um, the police do, and she asks the cops if he's okay. And they're like, yeah, he seems fine. And here we are back to people talking to Bryson and, and saying, saying that fine. he seems okay. Yeah. But again,
1: another person calling you about your son and you just being like, okay he's fine.
0: Great. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, at this point the cops are involved and they're like, cool, he's great. Great. Send, send him on his way. And it continues to devolve. So they, they do make Bryce talk to his mom. It does, One source has actually said that they dialed Bryce's phone and handed it to him. So he would talk he to had Karen. He his mom. And they they enforced it, which again is great. And his mom tells him to go get something to eat and, and get on the road he seems okay at this point but he's just he's already been sitting in a parking lot for for more than nine hours he's been in a tiny town for longer than that so one has to wonder what he's doing so the cops leave bryce at probably like seven o'clock and later that evening around 10 or 11 christian sees that he has a missed call from karen So he calls her back, and she fills him in on what happened. You know, we reported him missing. The cops found him. He was still in Buttonwillow. And Christian, being the lovely good Samaritan that he seems to be, he volunteers to go back again to see if he's still there, even though it's been more than 12 hours since Christian saw him the first time. And Karen's like, no, I'm sure he's on his way. I'm sure he'll be home soon. But Christian, maybe a bit of a interested party himself like like we are <laughs> he goes back <laughs> he anyway to, to what's check going in. on
1: christian wants yeah i mean wants the deets
0: i feel like christian is the only person who saw a guy sitting in a parking lot for nine hours for what it really is weird right. it's, it's really weird <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back to check on bryce and wouldn't you know it he's still there At this point, he has been in Buttonwillow for at least 14 hours, and he left his girlfriend's house in Chico almost 24 hours ago. Now, Ern, I don't know if you gave any thought to this part. What do you think he was doing in Buttonwillow? I
1: just had a question pop into my mind. Where Hmm. was he going to the bathroom?
0: I, I wonder that, too. I mean, I've got to pee every 40 minutes. I don't know how he was doing it. Has he eaten anything? Has he slept? Right.
1: Does Vivance make you stop having to use the restroom also along with making you stop (laughs) needing to eat?
0: That's true. It would, it would dampen your appetite for sure. I don't know. And like, did he have supplies with him? So at this
1: point, how long has Bryce been sitting in Buttonwillow?
0: So he's been in Buttonwillow for about 14 hours and he's been Mm -hmm. on the road for about 24 hours. Wow. What do you think he was doing in Buttonwillow? I have no idea.
1: I think he was waiting to buy drugs. That would explain why you would sit for so long
0: in yes. a town where nothing. Why was else going would you wait, and for for hours and hours and hours? Because he, you know he had just started taking the Vivants. Right. The cops didn't find any drugs or alcohol in his car. Maybe he was out, and maybe he was starting to panic. Or maybe he wasn't out because they didn't even say they did a thorough search. They said, <laughs> yes, they what do. did they say?
1: I wrote it down. <laughs> a brief look through the car.
0: <laughs> a brief look, <laughs> yeah. So like my van's pretty small, probably could have could have hit it. But that's, that's truly the only thing I could come up with as to why he would be waiting there, why he would just be sitting in the car, why he would wait for so many hours and hardly, you know, he only moved eight miles right. in those 14 hours.
1: Right. My other only thought of why he was sitting there for so long kind of goes into some other cases. So I really like to, when I'm looking at a case, I like to look at similar cases. And so there was a man named Myron May who was just like, um, I don't even know how to describe him other than he had everything in life going for him. He graduated from Florida State University. He was um, attending Texas Tech University, or he, he graduated from Texas Tech University's law school. He had a girlfriend, he had all of these amazing things. He was, he was a lawyer doing well, and then everything changed when he was diagnosed with ADHD and he started, started taking medication for it and mm-hmm. he developed a severe mental disorder um, the poli- the police report said that he that Myron May had written journals and videos in which he expressed concern about being targeted. Evidence found so far, when this was written, indicated that May was in a state of crisis. So I was kind of trying to connect the dots with Bryce in terms of he started taking this medication that is used for ADHD. He was also pairing it with alcohol, which is just dangerous. Wow. He didn't know like what amount, you know, he wasn't being prescribed and watched by a doctor, which right. is so clear in the um, side effects on the Vivance website is like in big, bold letters, it constantly is saying like, be monitored by your doctor when you're starting to take mm. this medication. And so it just makes me wonder, it was he like, I mean, I have no idea, but the Vivance symptoms include i found it interesting they said children and teenagers age 6 to 17 but i don't think that these things could stop when you turn 17 especially because it it
0: knows your birthday right
1: and the male's brain tends to take a little bit longer to develop um Mm -hmm. but the symptoms include seeing things hearing voices that are not real believing things that are not true being suspicious and manic symptoms and then they also oh wow this is not for children this is for adults that they can have serotonin syndrome which is agitation hallucinations coma changes in mental status um problems controlling movements muscle twitching fast heartbeat sweating fever nausea those things but i was just thinking holy cow if he really was in a severe crisis mentally could he be there trying to like get away from whatever he feels like is coming in around him
0: oh yeah maybe he that was like he felt safe in that car he knew things were not right and he was just not willing to go anywhere right. else and just he trying didn't to get feel away like and
1: like oh. not wanting to bring the whatever was in his mind was a danger to his family so Jeez, he was saying so like sad. yes i'll come home but then like the thought of bringing whatever he thought was whatever was his reality not wanting to bring that home because the myron may he literally thought he he thought he called himself a targeted individual he thought the government had targeted him and that he was being spied upon and he had literally delusions where he was calling his at this point ex-girlfriend um telling her wow, stories followed and all sorts of things so we don't really know wow. what was going on in Bryce's mind, but we know that he was taking some medication that had some very severe side effects.
0: That's true. Yeah. And if you were having perhaps your first mental breakdown, that's terrifying. Right. You would not want to go anywhere. You would sit unknowingly in a tiny town for hours and hours. So Right. Just trying that's to be a really like interesting theory.
1: Left alone, maybe. I don't know. Right. But also, yep. he probably wanted drugs. <laughs>
0: I mean, maybe it could go. That's just the only thing I could come up with for like, why would you sit so long in like a random parking lot? But the only thing that kind of disproves that for me is like you said they did have access to his phone records and there were not any other phone calls. Oh, yeah, that's so you would think that. Yeah. So if you were trying to like, you know, if you were trying, if you were waiting on your drug dealer, like, would you not reach out? To them for fourteen hours, maybe not. I don't know. It's maybe his
1: first time doing it. Maybe he doesn't know what's. <laughs>
0: oh, it could be. Oh man, that's so sad. So, so here we are. Bryce is sitting in Buttonwillow. Christian is there. He's he's checking on him again. Christian calls Karen again. Um, he tells him that he's still there, and he says that he'll follow him onto the five south and make sure that he's on the road and that he's going in the right direction. And Christian again at this port report at this time reports that he seems fine. I had seen some reports that said that Christian said his eyes were red. Yes. But like, well, he's been awake for how long? We don't really know. (laughs) That too. Yeah. And I couldn't, I just didn't really put too much weight into that because I saw it in so many different places at so many different times. Like, it could just be that the different news articles got the different comments from Christian mixed up. But like, I don't know, I have, my allergies are really bad right now, maybe he has allergies, like, I'm just not putting tons of weight into that. But Christian does follow him onto the highway, uh, Bryce gets going, Christian follows him for about 10 miles, and then he calls Karen again, and is like, yep, he's, he's on his way. Karen and Mike do call Bryce a few times over the next few hours, and they, they talk to him, but when they try to get information from him about where he is, he's, purposefully vague, it seems. He, he gives too general of landmarks. He says he can't see any signs. Every time they try to get specifics out of him for where he is, he's kind of like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really see anything. It's, it's really too dark. Oh, I don't really know. But he does offer up that the GPS says that he'll be there at 325 in the morning. And like on one hand, he could just be trying to not give his parents too many details but if we're going with the theory that, he like, he was kind of losing his mind, maybe he was a little delusional, maybe he just couldn't read the street signs, you know? Maybe it was all a blur. Maybe he was not able to focus on what was going by him so quickly. I know, but at that
1: point, maybe too, Maybe he needed like, glasses
0: to drive at night. Should,
1: should that have been a pretty scary thing to hear? I can't see street signs. I don't know. I don't see any Absolutely. landmarks. Absolutely. Yeah. Was he even on the five? Right. Like even when, yeah, even if you're driving in the middle of nowhere, I live in the middle of nowhere. And so (laughs) if somebody were to say like, well, can you see anything? And I said, no, I can't see anything. Well, I can always see something. Like I could tell you, I'm passing the speed limit sign. I'm passing Mm -hmm. the bee farm. I'm doing these different things. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you do live in the middle, of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere and I there are signs though I there know where signs. I am when I'm going yeah. to your house I know how I, there are landmarks you know There, there they're, they're beef farms, but and this is his there first are time landmarks. driving home
1: from college so wouldn't you be That's even true. more concerned like you can't see the signs on the rope do you know where you are and,
0: oh man yeah I wonder too like I'm not a parent but at, at what point how many hours would your child have to sit in a parking lot when you're three hours away, before you would be like, "All right, I'm I'm just gonna come to this parking lot." Honestly, I wouldn't even tell him; I would just show up. And I don't think it was from lack of love. I think
1: it's just no, from I don't I think Parents can oftentimes either like fall into thinking too well of their kids that they're perfect, or thinking not enough of their kids where like everything they do is wrong. And so you really have to find that in between because kids aren't perfect. And so yeah. Bryce wasn't a perfect kid. I feel like we see that again and again with his parents just thinking nothing could ever go wrong with this kid. And so they see him crumbling in front of them and they're like, ah, he's fine. Like, he has to be fine.
0: But also, he's 19. He's going to crumble. He's going to have to figure some stuff out. So, like, I, when I first heard this story, which was probably, I think the Disappeared episode came out in 2015, a couple years after he went missing. I The whole time, I was like, Karen, what are you doing? Get in your car. Go to the parking lot. Like, I was so upset about it. And, you know, then I went to therapy and and found out that I have a pretty severe anxiety disorder. So now that I've gone through several years of therapy, I'm like... Actually, I think she's responding in a correct way. So now, like, I kind of strive to be that kind of parent that's just like, I just trust them. They're going to have to figure it out on their own. They're going to need to learn how to take care of themselves and drive three hours, even when they've been sitting in a parking lot for 14 hours.
1: I feel like there's like a happy medium, though, because yes, that is how parents should respond, but maybe not after they've gotten a call from the girlfriend and the roommate and Christian two times and the police. Very good point. Those would be indicators that something's different. Yeah. And that not just as a parent, but as a friend, you should be like reaching out and being like, I'm coming to get you. What's going on? You right. Know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. With all those indicators from people that didn't know him that well or truly at all, Christian, looking at you, you hear, oh, it, it could, it's an indicator for concern and truly another indicator of concern is that it's later revealed that he sent his roommate sean a text message the night he disappeared and truly i don't know if they mean this night or if they're referring to the next night because it's it's gonna get worse from here it's gonna get weirder but he did send sean a text message that said and i quote i love you bro seriously you're the best person i've ever met you saved my soul now if i got that text message from anyone my response would be, "Are you okay?" Especially somebody who just gave you their Xbox. Oh yeah, and their diamond earrings. Yeah. Come on, like that—that
1: that is concerning. And whose mom was calling you, saying, "Like, where's Bryce?" And you
0: have to be like, mm-hmm. "He never came home." He told me he loved me, though. Seriously. Right? Seriously. <laughs> I, I was the best. <laughs> like, I, oh man, really concerning. Things keep coming up, and we're still only at the day before he disappeared. So, so let's keep tracking. It's twelve. 12- yeah it's 12:30 a.m on Friday August 30th here he actually does stop and he gets a soda he's got a charge for a dollar 71 on his credit card I looked and looked and looked I could never find where that stop was but this is the first evidence of him like taking nourishment has he right. eaten anything has he drank anything Did he
1: have Cheetos in the car we don't really know
0: Doritos are more my road food but like I respect the Cheetos that's fine So, 1.50 a.m., again, we're in the middle of the night. He calls Karen. He says that he detoured off the 5 for a bit, but now he was back on it. And she's like, okay. 2.09 a.m., less than 20 minutes later, he calls Karen again, and he says that he's tired, and he's pulled off the 5 into a subdivision, and he's going to sleep for a while. Mom's like, all right, great, good idea. You know, she knows that he's been on the road for a long time. If he's going to pull over and sleep... That's a responsible thing to do and they support him. This is actually the the last time that they ever hear from Bryce. But he is spotted again, a couple times, kind of. Because at 2.15 a.m., just a few minutes later, his car is spotted on a camera that logs the license plates of any vehicle going up Lake Hughes Road in Castaic, California, near Castaic Lake. So he's not in a subdivision.
1: Right, so he's continuing to lie at this point. He's told his mom he stopped in a subdivision, but he's Mm -hmm. driving up a road, which must have some form of importance if it's taking license plate pictures on your way in. I
0: tried to find that too. Why they had a camera that was recording your license plates. Let me grab the map. It has a name. Castaic Lake State Recreation Area. Okay. So I think it was actually a state park. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) I wonder if that's why they had a camera. So again, like you said, it seems like he could just be telling his parents what they want to hear. They know that like that would be a responsible thing to do and they would be okay with that. So that's the story he's going to give. But at 429 AM, his car is spotted again by the same camera going in the same direction. So it's been about two hours and 15 minutes. They never saw him go back on that camera. He, his car passed it going the same direction, two plus hours difference. So I mapped it out and there's a loop. If you go up Lake Hughes Road, you go on Pine Canyon Road, then you go down the 5 to Castaic, That's like 60 miles. So if it's hilly, which it is, it's 16 and it's or dark. 60. 60. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that could take two hours if it's, you know, it's hilly, it's windy, Or, like, if you're slowly losing your mind. Right, or, yeah, that. could take two hours. (laughs) Or both. It's hilly and you're losing your mind. So, like, he didn't double back. He made a big loop around Castaic Lake, which is a huge lake. It's very hilly. It looks very beautiful and, like, it seems on a map like it could be kind of by civilization but then when you're on the road it seems very deserted mm. so it's kind of that weird middle ground I guess that we experience a lot in Wisconsin where you can be not that far away from stuff but still feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Right. Around 5 or 5 30 most reports do say 5 30 the police are actually out by Castaic Lake for a training exercise huh. and they find an abandoned car on Main Ramp Road. This car is on its side. It's got the back window smashed out from the inside. It appears to have driven down the hill by a cell phone tower and fell down a 15 or 25-foot embankment, hit the front of the car, and then fell to the side. And this car is the 2003 Toyota Highlander that Bryce has been driving. Right. However, there's nobody in it.
1: That's so strange. And I also have a couple of questions. Were they... I don't want to say happy, but, like, they're doing a training exercise. Was it exciting to stumble upon something like that? Or were they like, oh, we don't have time for this. We're supposed to be doing the training exercise.
0: (laughs) Excuse me, we're busy. (laughs) Well, it does seem like they they called it in right away. Um, I only found on one source that the police were there for a training exercise. A couple other sources say that, like, somebody was there... Like, this is the, it's main ramp road. It's the main road that you take to get to the ramp to get to Castaic Lake. So, if it wasn't the police, like, somebody else was there at 530. Do you have the map up that I made? Because here is where I'm going to look at the map, too. I did so much mapping of this, and I actually found more stuff than when I last talked to you.
1: That lake always seems much bigger than they describe it. Like, when you look at it on the map, it looks much bigger. Yeah,
0: it really does. So you can kind of see the cell phone tower, and they say he drove right by it, down that embankment, and his car crashed onto Main Ramp Road.
1: Oh. I never knew that his car actually crashed on the, onto a road. I always thought it kind of crashed into, like, a cliff over the lake.
0: Yeah. And it looks like there was a cliff over that road. So there was like a big drop that went, like there was a, it was a high hill next to the road and his car fell straight down going down there. So interesting. Okay. Let me go back. All right. So if they found his car at about 530 AM, let's just talk this through a little bit, 429, his car is captured on that camera. Which gives him a very small window that he actually drove by the camera and then his car crashed. Now I wonder, for this to work out, the camera would have had to be at the very bottom of Lake Hughes Road because he wouldn't have had time to like go that far up or really loop around again. And Main Ramp Road, where his car was found, is not that far up the road. Like it's just starting to go into that state park. And what they say on the Disappeared episode is that his car actually drove by a cell phone tower off of Lake Hughes Road. He drove right to the left of the cell phone tower and drove down the hill, and then his car dropped down that embankment onto Main Ramp Road. And what they theorize, what the police theorize, is that from that spot on Lake Hughes Road, looking down at Castaic Lake, it looks like the lake is right there. Yeah. Like it looks like you could drive your car into that lake, and actually, from tire tracks, they have like they have determined that he was gunning it, he was, that he was yeah. hitting the accelerator. Yeah,
1: he was like unearthing big boulders with his wheel. Moment, yeah. So it wasn't like the car was in neutral or anything else, like he was...
0: Which I kind of wondered, too, if he set it up. Did he just push the car down there? But no, it seems like he was in it. He was pushing down the accelerator and he just didn't know that main ramp road was there. So that's why his car actually fell straight down onto the hood of the car and then fell over on its side. They do find a little blood in the car and it it does come back to be Bryce's. They found a small amount of blood on the passenger seat headrest. And they found a little bit of blood in the back seat. But it is his car. Do they know that it's fresh? Oh, I didn't even think about that. How much of your blood is in your car? (laughs) (laughs) And like, what random parts of your car to have your blood on? But all of his belongings are still in the car. His wallet, his cell phone, his duffel bag. However, the duffel bag is unzipped. So they kind of wondered, was there anything that he took with him when he apparently smashed out the back window to get out which is maybe how the blood got on the back seat right that would make sense 8 a.m there's a knock on the parents door they assume it's bryce great he's home unfortunately it is california highway patrol and they're like all right uh we found your car it's at castaic lake it's been abandoned
1: Uh and i also, can't even imagine crashed.
0: because at this point they they
1: must have had sleepless nights like i can't imagine what their last couple of days have been like
0: picture your son at the door and to open it to cops must be like your heart would fall out of your chest and like threw your body onto the ground Oof! the cops actually do start searching it seems like right away and they search for a long time that day uh all the newspaper articles i get found say that on the day that the car was found um they actually searched for about 10 hours it was the Santa Clarita search and rescue team who looked on that Friday, August 30th. And then the case went to the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Homicide Bureau, which is a mouthful of a that title. Is. <laughs> As I dug around on newspapers.com, I found that on Monday, September 2nd, and Tuesday, September 3rd, it's all over the newspapers. It's over the newspapers in the Chicago area where he was from. It's all over the area in California where his car was found. They are searching all of those days. They're searching... By foot, they're on ATVs. They have helicopters. They have divers, and they have dogs. They actually have two separate dogs. Track is sent, and they track is sent down the same path. They track is sent down uh, to a dam on the lake, the, across the road, south down a spillway, which I had no idea what that meant until I did all of my map-related research and. And you are now looking at the map that I made that that shows his path that he presumably walked. You can totally see what the spillway is. (laughs) It looks like just a huge ramp that if the dam overflowed, it would put it into a lake that's bordering Costaic Lake. Apparently, he walked south to the spillway, then down the west side of the spillway and out towards the truck stop area. However that truck stop area is is kind of far away. I mean, that path that the dogs tracked, yeah, it doesn't look that far, but it's probably like close to two miles that the dogs actually tracked him. And then it kind of just disappeared in the middle of this area by the dam where there's so many different paths, which I think is really interesting. I don't know, like it doesn't look like his trail disappeared on any part where somebody could have picked him up. Right. He it didn't like they didn't track him far enough to any main road. And I I believe his parents have said that too, that they just kinda tracked him in that direction. And it was nine days after he crashed oh. that they had the dogs come.
1: So the scent maybe just wasn't strong enough at that point. Yeah,
0: that could be why it evaporated there. That is so interesting. So a few days later, Wednesday, September fourth, they find a burned body. Pardon me. They find charred human remains near where his car was found. I actually did put that on the map that you could view as well. It was a little farther down Lake Hughes Road. It wasn't that far from the crash site. It just wasn't right next to it. It was just down the same road. However, those remains were later proven not to be Bryce. It was actually a Los Angeles man. But I'm sure that was like a hu- they thought it was going to be a huge break in the case at that time. They I did. read the newspaper yes. articles from the day after, and it was several days of the newspapers reporting like, oh, we found this body. We don't really know. So, jeez, oh, they've had the worst couple of days ever. The days just keep getting worse. And we they searched and they searched. They searched for two weeks almost. Um, Friday, September 13th, I found a news article that said they had called off the search for him It looks like that Wednesday, so September 11th, was actually the last day that the cops searched. The family obviously was not happy about this, and they continued to search with divers that they paid for themselves. They got sonar to like map the bottom of the lake. They searched for him for two years. They never found anything. And if we're looking at that map again, from where his car was found, There is a little cove on the bottom, the very south side of Castaic Lake, and they call it Government Cove. This is where it's listed that they did that sonar search. Oh, okay. And you can see on the map how it's very deep in that location. Like there's like just a wall of rock that drops off. So they're like, this would be a really great spot for us not to see, you know, for like if a body was in there, it may not have risen to the surface. Just because of, like, it was so deep, the pressure would keep it down there. Sure. So that's why they searched Government Cove. However, they didn't find anything. He couldn't have just jumped in and drowned. He would have had to be... He would have had to weigh his own body down. Right. And I, like, from all of our years of true crime research, it's very hard to hide your own body. It is hard to hide, yeah.
1: Even if you plan it out, like, even if you plan it out, and he was just, like basically in the
0: woods by himself he didn't seem to be doing a lot of planning at all yeah his parents they hold vigils for him they had a one month they had a six month they had a one year they had a two-year vigil but at that point they do stop and and karen has said to the newspapers that quote her pain is still as raw as the day he disappeared Um, So they don't do the vigils anymore just because it's too hurtful, which, like, totally makes sense. Why do you, you know, you got to drag that up all the time. Um, I did also see um, an article from the Chicago Times that his high school in Naperville Central retired his basketball jersey number 10 and hung it up in the high school as remembrance that he is still missing. There have been literally thousands of reports of people who looked like Bryce, I bet. like people call in all the time. I mean, flaming red hair—it's hes e- it would be easy to spot, but also easy to misidentify. <laughs> Absolutely, because anyone with red hair, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna call in, we're gonna help, and it's either they find the guy and it's not him, or they cannot locate the person that they have given the report on. And it's over several states that they've right. gotten reports of people that look like Bryce, but again, they've just never found him. They've Actually never found any evidence at all. His social security number has never been used. His, you know, he's part of like the missing persons list where if he were to register for anything, it would send up alerts and he never has. And it's actually just been over seven years now that he's been missing. And truly they've, they've found nothing. Right. He literally found disappeared. Like
1: without a He trace.
0: walked off the face of the planet right. and his parents believe that he didn't intend to disappear. They wholeheartedly believe that he's either no longer with us or that he's still out here and he just doesn't know who he is because they just don't believe yeah. that he would abandon his family knowing that. I
1: know. And they have a private investigator who kind of collaborates that story with them. Like she has gone on with them and said that her theory is that he got amnesia in the car crash and that he's now in like a homeless shelter not knowing his identity Mm. um because he would come home otherwise and i just feel like that's a disservice to the family because it kind of sounds like that private investigator is telling them what they want to hear instead of the reality because like the reality is that he was driving down that hill like at full he full gunning it
0: down that hill And yeah. so
1: like and the reality is That that couple of days were just like Bizarre mm-hmm. and so to say That he was lucid and everything was Fine until the crash and that That's when things went wrong Feels just a little bit like We're putting rose colored glasses on at that point
0: a little bit, yeah. And she's on the Disappeared episode, too, and, and speaks about it. And, I mean, at some point she does mention that, like, oh, maybe he could have been disoriented due to, to the vivants and alcohol usage, and that's why he drove off the road. But she really is, like, hard in the head injury front, where she right. thinks, like, oh, he must have lost his memory. And I did a little digging into how often missing people actually lose their memory, and that's why they go missing i couldn't find a single story
1: right i have a quote from from mom from karen um i think it's during the disappeared episode that she said this she said that her relationship with bryce trumps whatever investigators found or his behavior leading up to that time i read that too yeah she's literally saying like i don't care what you tell me happened he wouldn't have done this to me like he wouldn't have just left me
0: and so I read that too and I did not care
1: for that yeah because it's kind of saying like I don't care what reality was my son like it's it's not uncommon in people who have loved ones commit suicide never be able to come to terms with that and to say they would never do that to me they would never do that to their family they would never do that to whoever's
0: involved their kids their Mm -hmm. husband their wife um which does show how, how highly they thought of him, truly. But it also does show a little bit of, like, I just kind of refuse to accept right. what the evidence is showing. And she also said,
1: I'm not blind, but I don't think Bryce had a problem. And that she didn't think he would hmm. do anything, anything, without telling his mother and father, is what she oh, said. Honey. And she was even kind of indicate like... In that moment, she was even talking about the Vivants. Like, he wouldn't do anything without telling us. Our relationship was so close. And so it just kind of points They do say that several times.
0: Oh, we were so close. We had such a good
1: relationship. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it kind of points to the, like, I don't know how to describe it the rose colored glasses that she used to look at him. Yeah. And that, I don't think that's horrible. I think that's like an admirable quality in a parent to truly look at their kids with the best intention.
0: I completely agree with you. Yeah, it really does seem like that's just what they want to believe. And I totally get it. Like you said, that's the PI's main theory. There are a couple other prevailing theories. There's actually four main theories about what have happened to Bryce. One of what you just said. The other three, um, there's a theory that he just walked off on his own accord He faked the car accident, which it doesn't seem like, because he would have had to be gunning it. But again, he just, he, he walked away from his life and wanted to start a new life. And going in line with this are other theories, mostly that I've seen on Reddit. So who, you know, I I love Reddit for any deep dives into stuff. I always take what I read there, of course, with a grain of salt, because people like, like me can just post on Reddit, whatever we want. But there are a lot of theories that say that his parents were really overbearing. He was an only child. I also read in some places that it, some sources think that Mike was actually not his biological dad and he adopted him when he was young. So it's possible that Bryce was just Karen's biological child and Mike was his adoptive father. I don't truly think that matters. Like, you can tell that he considers them his right, parents. he definitely like, does. For sure. Like, all the pictures of all of them together, but... You know maybe that that could be a factor in something maybe he did feel a lot of pressure from his seemingly like truly well-intentioned parents and for some of us that's just the age when we really want to separate ourselves from that parental identity so right and where parents just always seem like overbearing
1: people are coming to terms with the reality that their parents aren't perfect at that age and so everything
0: feels overwhelming Oh, yeah. Remember being 19 years old. <laughs> we have a much better view of our parents than we did. Right. Then. Even for the best teenage relationship, there's going to be secrets like there's mm-hmm. I don't believe there's any teenager on the planet. I'm sure there is. Write in, tell us how wrong I am. <laughs> but I'm sure like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of relationships where there's truly no secrets because like, you're forging your own identity. You You need to like, go out into your own and, like, discover these things. So, you know, maybe he did want to walk off, but what discounts that to me is, like, again, I told you I flip-flop on these parents so many times, but just the way that they talked about his, like, adolescent partying they seemed pretty level-headed about it. Like, okay, they could be kind of in denial and saying that he didn't have a problem, but the way – like, his dad is quoted as saying that he did an average amount of what teenagers do, which, like, I find super respectful of, like, the teenage experience. Like, you're gonna mess things up, you're gonna bend the rules, (laughs) you're gonna get caught for underage drinking while I'm gonna get caught for <laughs> underage drinking like both of his parents alluded to some of that underage drinking activity but have stated many times that they were never concerned about it and they just kind of seemed to understand that like this was a part of him growing up and they never expressed concern about the degree to which he was doing these things. Right but it's also was he weird really good at that it? his friends did find it concerning.
1: Because there are, like, Mm -hmm. here his friends are also underage drinking and also partaking in these activities, and they're saying, like, this kid has leveled up and something's wrong. He's leveled up. (laughs) And so...
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. Even if his parents didn't think his underage drinking was a problem, you're right in that, like, his friends thought it was a problem, and his friends were the ones watching it happen. Right. another theory that has come out is that he, he was trying to take his own life and then he he just failed like he tried to drive into the lake and that didn't work so he just kind of wandered off to die somewhere and things that point towards this are the again the fact that he was giving away his prized possessions his xbox his earrings he told his girlfriend that she was better off without him texting his friend how much she loved him and how much she saved him like all of those things really point to someone who didn't want to stick around
1: right but also like the thing that kind of points against that is that, like we already said, you can't just hide a body. You can't hide your own
0: body, yeah. (laughs) So it
1: would have had to be like perfect circumstances where, what happened, a bear
0: came in his body. Like, <laughs> he hired the bear. And nobody ever yeah, found him. Like, truly the area where he was found and the path where the dogs tracked him it's near multiple lakes in a pretty rural area and there's tons of paths all over there. Like if you look at the map you can see different paths that crisscross different right. directions. Like if he was disoriented did he just kind of wander off in a direction where maybe they didn't track him succumbed to the elements but you're right in that but don't you think he would have been I, found, like, even five years yeah, later? Yeah, I do, because it doesn't seem that rule of an area. Like, it, it's a state right. park. There seems to be people around there all the time. There's, like, roads that go by there. I guess it's possible, but it, it, it would be hard to believe. <sighs> all right, so the last theory that I that I found that was pretty popular was that he walked away from the car accident. He got to the main road. Maybe he got to that truck stop. And maybe he just met a bad end with someone that that picked mm-hmm. him up from there. So, like we mentioned, following the paths where the dogs tracked mm-hmm. him across the dam was probably about like one and a half or two miles, which would really take some time if you're walking. If you like, maybe have a head injury. If you just crashed your car into a right. road, like. I a lot <laughs> recently. You haven't. Slept, you've, you've never you haven't eaten, eaten any anything. Doritos. Like that would take so long. But here's what I think, and like walking all the way, like he walked all the way around the dam the long way to get down to the road. So if he went that way and actually got to the truck stop, that would be over three miles. That would take a long time. And think about this, his car passed that camera at 429 AM and his car was found an hour later at 530. Was he still walking around when they found his car? How far right. could he... Like,
1: were the police there doing a training? <laughs> yeah, like... While he's walking past them. Yeah, like, <laughs> could he have
0: seen them by his car and been like, shit, time to go? Like, I I have no idea. Like, And I wonder, too, if there were cameras anywhere around the dam that, like, they could have seen him walking. Like, was he walking straight? Was he stumbling? Like, which direction was he going? Right. I mean, we have, like, the dog tracking data... And two dogs did, did follow the same path, so that seems pretty solid, but it just kind of randomly ends. So, like, oh, man, I just... I really... I get stuck thinking about if he was still walking around when they found his car. Because if right. he walked away, he... You you can't walk mm-hmm. that far in, in just one hour over rough terrain that you're not familiar with. Again, he took a really roundabout path. They do say in the Disappeared episode that it seemed like... He was trying to stick to, like, not main roads and and get out. That's my disappeared announcer voice. But, I like, I I made a path through where they said he was tracked. And, like, it's really not that avoidant, you know? He just kind of maybe was... Right, just walking. Because it was
1: across a huge dam. So, like, that would kind of be something that would stick out in your memory, seeing somebody walk across a huge dam.
0: Yeah, and like maybe that's something that you would walk towards if you saw it. You're like, okay, this will lead me to something. Right. I, I just don't know. So... Those are the real main theories. Again, like you said, the PI thought that maybe he sustained a head injury and walked away. That's kind of what the parents Mm -hmm. seem to believe, too. So one has to wonder, like, while they're paying the PI, is she just kind of... I think she did it pro bono, because she said she felt so bad for
1: them. Oh, well, that's nice. nice. But that also indicates, like, where is her priority? It's in making the parents happy.
0: Like, it truly is. Like, she's wanting to give them peace. It would be hard to do it pro bono and be like oh honey I think he's dead so yeah I don't know if I as I went through this whole thing as I've gone through it for five years reading about (laughs) this case on myself I've kind of come up with a fifth option it's kind of like a middle ground of several different theories so I think that he was very delusional he was very out of it as he was driving obviously he sat in that parking lot for so long like and the circling the going by the cameras two times like it kind of gives me goosebumps like it really creeps me out like to me that seems like somebody who's either not in touch with reality or they're like scoping it out like where can I ditch my car into this lake that's what I thought yeah because he went all the way around and then drove down Like, if you look at the map again, and I encourage all of you listening to pull up a map of Castaic Lake and check out where we're looking on Lake Hughes Road. He drove down Lake Hughes Road to Main Ramp Road, like, right as soon as you can see the lake. Right. So, like, he went all the way around the lake and then was like, yeah, I'm gonna go for it. But, again, they didn't find his body there. His car didn't make it to the lake. And it seems like he just... You know, he maybe wanted to drive his car into the lake at his, his nearest opportunity. But, I, you know, we we know that he didn't die in that crash. No body was, was found there. In fact, it does appear like he walked away with the broken out window, maybe the open duffel bag. So if he just walked away, following the path that the dogs tracked him, there, you know, he could be in the lake that's just a little bit south of Castaic Lake, which is listed as Castaic Lagoon. There's another lake down there. And like, my theory is that he did wander away from the crash. And he, he, I think he's in one of the lakes somewhere where they didn't look. I mean, if you look on Google Maps, which I encourage all of you to do, Castaic Lake, it looks very big. Castaic Lagoon right below it. There's a little thing right at the end of that spillway called Grasshopper Canyon.
1: But would he have like,
0: would it? would he
1: be gone forever? Like, would we not have found him? Man, I don't know.
0: That would be, like, that's a tough part to believe, too. You're right, in that, like, if I, if I or anyone were to dive into a lake with the intent of taking our own lives, my body would would rise to the surface again. Right. And why wouldn't his have done that? I don't know. I don't have answers to these questions. That's just... Truly my guess, or again, where he wandered off, where the dogs tracked him. There's so many paths there. Did he just wander off down one of those paths? Did he follow it until he, like, gave in to dehydration? Did some, you know, who knows what would have happened to his body out there? Was he just half a mile outside where they were looking? You know, did he wander for five more hours and they just never looked that far for his body? I just... Oh, I just don't know. This whole case is just a big question mark. The end of my notes is just a colon and then a bunch of sad faces after it. It's just, <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know. There's no ending. And that is what is so awful and also so wonderful about this case. Tell me what you think happened.
1: Um I think so especially looking at Vivance and the different Ooh, yeah. like I think there was something Vivance had something to do with this mm-hmm. case. Um I did a little bit of digging into Vivance itself and the active patent ingredient um is called Listex Amphetamine. And they changed the pH in amphetamine to an F, um, to, and then they called it white man's speed. Yeah. I mean, um, all ADHD drugs are amphetamines, right? And so, I mean, I go back to my personal, like n- friends who have like one of my friends, little brothers took meth and his first time taking meth, he was driving down the highway with his friend in the passenger seat and he jumped out when the car was going 65 miles per hour um like i just look at this drug and i say like holy there are so many things that could have gone wrong in this brain um just because of the power of the drug itself um So I think that that definitely, like, my personal theory, which I don't know if it's backed up by anything, is that he was seeing delusions, he was having hallucinations, um, and that he was at the lake to get away from it in, in his mind, protecting his family and his loved ones from what he felt like was kind of coming in around him. And so I think that he tried to commit suicide Mm -hmm. and that that didn't work and that he, my thought is that he literally like walked away and in the name of protecting his family, he never reached out to them. He never did anything else. He just hitched a ride to a different state somewhere else and is living kind of this dual, like this multiple personality in an attempt to protect his family because sometimes those those delusions and those hallucinations never go away. Yeah. Um, for some people. Some people they do. Um, but like my parents, their their friend who is like seventy years old, had a hip replacement. And for some this happened last week, for some reason, or they told me about it last week. <laughs> oh, no. for some reason. <laughs> their friend when he went under the medication that they used to put him under for his hip replacement surgery he's been having hallucinations ever since oh my goodness and so he's a 70 75 year old man hallucinating all the time he's in the middle of a farm field that he's back at his family Christmas party and the doctors basically told his wife like yeah that's a side effect and it theoretically will go away in six months and she was like Ah, uh, Okay, Ooh. so she's like under the impression that it will go away in six months, but I don't know. I just think wow. the brain is trippy. It's it like really you is. I don't know what's all going in on inside of the brain and to mess with it. I always like to try and find cases that are similar. And there's a girl named Crystal Howell who also started taking meth and she ended up later killing her dad, but she not, not related to Bryce. What is related to Bryce is that her friends reported her sitting and doing nothing for hours and hours and (gasps) hours. And they reported trying to snap her out of it. And she would say things like, I just need to sit here. I just need to go off steam. I'm fine. And she would use like manipulative behavior saying like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get up in a second and like telling them what they wanted to hear. But she wasn't changing her behavior at all. And so it just kind of she was also using meth. And she was. Like, she also had that just like really quirky situation where she was sitting for so long and not doing anything. Wow. Yeah. That's
0: a really specific situation to, to have find in another case. That's so interesting. I also think, too, like, Bryce was 19 years old. That's like prime schizophrenia onset time it if is. you're going to have yeah. schizophrenia. And like, a lot of times something will trigger that into. Whatever the opposite of remission is. It's going to bring it into the right. light, you know? So, like, maybe his vivance and alcohol use, you know, brought on that schizophrenia that was just dormant in right. him the whole time, and he really lost touch with reality. But, man, I really like your theory of, like, having hallucinations, because that, I never thought about that for sitting in a parking lot for nine hours, but that makes, that would make total sense, too, like... I don't know. I've thankfully only had a couple of mental breakdowns in my life, but if I were in a car, like I wouldn't be moving. I wouldn't go anywhere. I would sit in the car. Again, I might just have Doritos with me, but that would—that's <laughs> the only difference. But yeah, I can totally see why. And you know, it really does like the it, the delusions could, like, attack his family, and that, like, oh, you can't go back with them. They're not safe, you know? It could turn him against them in some way that, like, he truly could devolve into that madness in just a couple days.
1: Right. And I did look up schizophrenia, and I looked up a couple of the, like, more strange things about schizophrenia is that people can be very high-functioning in schizophrenia. And they will have trigger words that trigger their delusions and their hallucinations. So um, this particular psychologist was saying that if they were fearful of a place or of somebody being harmed or of themselves being harmed, they could be going on with life as normal. And then um, having a word or a mention of somebody could put them into kind of a tailspin. Mm. And it made me think of him talking about his Sorry, there's dogs. (laughs) So it made me think of his situation with the police said that he seemed very agitated when they mentioned his mom. And so I've just been thinking, like, is he trying to protect his mom from whatever he thinks reality is? And so he was really hesitant to call her. Is that another reason? Like, was that a trigger in his hallucinations? Maybe. Is this idea of mom and, like, trying to protect
0: her. Yeah, that could really send some some mental hallucinations into overdrive. Or if he is just very fearful of letting her down. Like, he doesn't want her right. to know that he is hearing stuff, like, or seeing stuff or anything like right. that. Like, you can kind of, like, you can see in all the pictures, like, how, just much, uh, how much they love them. How, like, how close they were. You can, like, see his in all the pictures. You can tell that he was just, like, really comfortable with himself, which I really admire. So if that were suddenly taken away from him, of course he would want to hide it from his his loved ones. Oh, man. Well, I could could theorize all day long, (laughs) but I also want to tell you about some interesting things that I found while I was doing all of my digging. So my digging led me to a few things first of all i found bryce's youtube channel nice. he has a youtube channel it doesn't have a lot of stuff on it i think he only has two or three published videos i only watched two how many subscribers does he? Have? 83 or 84 i should subscribe Aww. but they were like i know it's very cute but the like One video on there is actually his film comp final from May 2012. And it is like a, it's like a creepy story. It's like a spooky story. And I, I wrote a little synopsis of it while I was watching it. And it just like, it it just made me sad, you know, because he was like 18 years old he's just doing his best he's just making a video with his friends his parents are both in the video and that like ooh, that like really god punched me because the only pictures the only videos i've ever seen of his family is talking about bryce's disappearance right so here we got to see them before any of this ever happened to them pre-disappearance you got to see their relationship. yeah and what i see were like two parents who wanted to help him out with his homework, who were like, sure, kid, I'll like be in your weird video, like whatever. My synopsis is really disjointed. It may speak a little bit to the filmmanship (laughs) of Bryce's video. No insult to you, Bryce. I think you did a great job. Again, you were like a senior in high school, a freshman. I couldn't do any better. But I'm just, I'm telling you why my synopsis reads the way it does. Um, these two brothers find out that their mom is not their real mom. Their real mom died in a car crash with their older sister. They confront their mom, and she says, Oh, that's something you should really ask your dad about. So they go ask their dad. Dad says their real mom wasn't that great, and their sister got out of line too often, and she got what was coming to her. Ooh. So, the other brother keeps having this dream about a creepy lady she comes back and in like in true ghost form she reveals in a dream that their father killed her and that they need to go look in the basement so one brother wakes the other brother up so one brother it looks like his friend and and the other brother is Bryce and he's like "You you gotta come And he's like bro are you okay (laughs) yeah bro i'm fine you should just come look in the basement with me like that's how the whole thing is like again no hate it's adorable like knowing what i know now it just breaks my heart so they go into the basement and they find their dead sister's ghost question marks to like open up this crawl space and there's like a creepy lady with hair (laughs) all over her face right you know like your your classic ghost white dress long black hair and the ghosts like bust out, and their dad comes downstairs in the basement and is like, "What are you boys doing down here?" Like he's <laughs> and it's their dad. Like he's it's so cute that he's in this video with them. And then creepy ghost sister uh, murders their dad. The end.
1: Oh yikes! But also like it just speaks to like where he was in life. Like
0: he's so creative, yeah. and he's just maybe working through some different issues. <laughs> so then I. Of course, continued exploring his YouTube channel. Um, there is a video of him that is titled Connect Dance Competition Aww. with another guy. I actually think now that I'm talking, literally not working, looking at the video, so I could be wrong. I think it might have been the same guy that played his brother in the original, in the first video. I wonder if
1: it's the roommate.
0: Yeah, so maybe they're... the oh. one who saved his soul. You literally saved my soul, bro. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that was, but he was in... There's a a guy in another video, and they're doing, like, kind of like a dance dance revolution type thing where it looks like they went down, like, it's filming from on a platform, and you can see they, like, went downstairs and are, like, doing the dance, like, and somebody's filming them on their cell phone. And, like, dude who I don't know is so uncomfortable, and he's, like, trying to go along with the movements. (laughs) And Bryce is, he's slaying it. Like, he's doing a great job. He's laughing. He's dancing. He knows all the moves. He's got it really good. And, man, it just, it really got to me because that's the only, like, time we ever see Bryce moving.
1: You know, like, you see
0: all... I see all the pictures of him, like, in the Disappeared episode or in the, in the newspapers and all of this, but, like, and it's like, oh, like, here's a guy and he's smiling, but, like, in this video, he's just a dude and he's having fun and he's hanging out with his friends and he's laughing and he's dancing and it's fantastic. It is from January 2012, so, like, a year and a half before he went missing. Yeah, And it just, it really... It made me very happy and very sad to see him, like, in his element, having fun with his friends. And, like, you could totally see, like, just what a fun guy he was. Right. And I also found, so I have a newspapers.com membership, as I perhaps mentioned before. So I dug through all the newspapers to see, like, what I could find about this family. And I found an obituary for his grandpa, um, for Mike's dad. And it lists that he was the proud grandfather of Bryce and Jennifer Lespisa. And then it lists other, you know, it lists like, oh, proud dad of Michael and, you know, Michael's other siblings and blah, blah, blah. And it says proud grandpa of Bryce and Jennifer. And then lists like other name, other name and other name, other name. So it's like the obituary would list the children of different kids that sure. this guy had so who's jennifer i have no idea i've tried so far to find that's why i went down the ancestry.com hole trying to find <laughs> if they had another daughter yeah another thing dear listener that i get the lost YouTube in video that you also found right that's exactly what i was gonna <laughs> say it was like dead sister wee you, wee but, I don't know, I googled Jennifer Lispisa, there's a couple of them. Again, I don't have Facebook, so I couldn't really look any more into it. I don't know, it just, it was all very interesting, as is this entire story. It is very interesting. <laughs> did you find anything cool while you were digging? I did you find all the Vyvanse stuff, which I'm, was awesome. Yeah, I
1: spent many an hour researching Vyvanse, and the side effects, um, yeah. Don't do it, man. Man. That's my... <laughs> don't do it, man. Especially not with alcohol or unless you're prescribed it. Right. Under the care of a doctor. Um,
0: yeah, I didn't, I didn't find anything else. That's fine. It was a lot of the same stuff over and over again. But... All, literally all the newspaper articles were the same stuff, regurgitated over and over. Right.
1: I did find that the more that I looked into the case, the more interested I was in it. When I first heard the case, there was a lot of timeline and a lot of just like, how long was he there? And not really like feeling like it was that it was strange that he sat for so long, but not feeling like the end was that strange. And then now I sit and I'm like, Well, where is Bryce? <laughs> like
0: Where is he? Where did yeah. he go? <laughs> right. I think that's what stuck with me for the longest time too, because like, okay, we have all this evidence. They talked to him for hours and days, and like right. so many people reported his behavior up to when he went missing. And then where did he go? And then just crickets. where did he go? Crickets. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I don't so, know. Anyway, there is a. I feel
1: like there's a Facebook page that his parents. There up, is. And yep. A is there a website too?
0: They do. I think they do have a website. I believe it was more recent because it does list, like, we're not doing vigils and that kind of stuff anymore. So there definitely are some resources if you want to, like, research Bryce on your own, which I absolutely encourage you to do. I absolutely encourage you to look at the maps. The maps really turned a corner for me in thinking, like, okay, this is really weird. I should also cite my sources for this episode. I did make a brief list. I mostly watched the Disappeared episode about Bryce, which I believe was Season 7, Episode 3. I could be wrong. I'm not going to go back and look. It was something close to that. I did listen to a couple podcasts about it. I read a whole bunch of news articles, everything that I could find on newspapers.com. Truly, the newspaper articles did not give me too much more information right and then i did do my own digging on ancestry.com which led me to absolutely nothing so sure i also watched disappeared i listened to danielle
1: hallen on youtube she had an episode about this she did oh my gosh she kept it pretty short and sweet 31 minutes it was lovely um i looked at all of the press releases of the day like, the day of press releases, and then kind of, like, chronologically looked through the press releases of what was going on. I looked into some of the, like, um, places where there were sightings, like, homeless shelters in Texas and other things like that. Um, I, again, looked, dove pretty far into the Vivan. so I, like, I love that, like, all over their website. I was looking up different things of just methamphetamine use in America and how mm. that has kind of transpired and how it has become like these these prescription drugs like vivance have become basically the rich man's meth and how Oof. there's like just not really a lot of education about how dangerous they truly are. Um, oh yeah. I did just have a memory of the Myron May case. And so I dove a little bit into that. So, for that, I was looking into the Miami police reportings of the day that he did the shooting on the campus, the
0: Florida State wow. campus. And yeah, that was such good ties that you brought. It. Yeah, I
1: love looking into similar cases. <laughs> yeah, that's it so a good idea. All right. Well, thank you for sitting with us, armchair agents. Um, I don't want to say it's been lovely because we're talking about horrific things, but um, it has been been very interesting. interesting. And we always like Mm -hmm. to say we look at true crime like many people look at crossword puzzles. There are just many a thing to figure out about these things. And the reality is- I want to fill in all the blanks. Fill in all the blanks. So keep in your mind the Bryce Lepizia case look at his picture, kind of keep it in your brain, and the chance, really, missing persons, their only chance is media exposure and just continuing their story. So don't forget about Bryce. Don't forget about his family. And let's keep this case alive.
0: And I so appreciate you being here with us, sitting with us while we talk about Bryce. So thank you so much. Yay. And we will see you again next month where Ern will be leading her story. Of the story that got a young urn into true crime. <laughs> and what one is that? John Bunet Ramsey. Of course. So I can't course wait to it hear is. your take on it. And we look forward to talking to you again next yeah. month. You can see how broken my headphones are. It's cute though. (laughs) It's cute. I had to tape them back together today and I didn't even use good tape. I used scotch tape. (laughs) (laughs) So we're gonna have to uh, buy some new ones for this operation.